Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. And I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligible Podcast. I am Will Stone. He is Chase Caldwell. There's been a lot I of talk about- am Chase Caldwell. <laughs> There's been a lot of talk <laughs> about realignment in the past week. And it's fun to, you know, talk about all that stuff. And we had to, of course, record an episode on that. But let's let's, let's bring it back to football and to this 2021 uh, football season and this 2021 Aggie football team. Um, if you've been listening to our uh, positional preview series the past few weeks, uh, we appreciate that. Uh, if this is your first episode and uh, you're curious about this AM roster and our opinions, uh, we've, we've got all those on, on, on our YouTube channel, our uh, podcast channels. Um, so go check those out uh, if you are so inclined. Um, but if you're caught up, we're going to get right into the uh, AM schedule breakdown. And I think today we're going to talk uh, big picture on the schedule and uh, break down the first five games. It's a little funky because there's a couple of uh, of teams in there that don't really warrant a ton of conversation, uh, like New Mexico. But um, we'll talk the first five, and then we'll do uh, three more next next week, and then uh, four more after that. And then that will wrap it up, and we'll be super close to the season by then. But uh, Chase, how's it going, man? It's going well. I've been extremely productive today, and um, just ready to just keep that trend going, get a good epi in, you know, and, um, yeah, couldn't be more thrilled. Yeah, you, you, you're still in business casual. So you, you worked a full day and came home and got right on the podcast. Yeah. Business cash is my business professional. Um, <laughs> not a, not a tie guy. Um, my boss like is cool with me wearing whatever. I, I don't have a boss. This is a joke. Um, you're the boss. Yeah, I'm I'm my own boss. Uh, I'm a girl <laughs> boss. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still in business casual. Got on my nice, you know, Wrangler Riatas and and uh, my George Strait button down that I bought on Amazon. Um, <laughs> you know, just just good look. going from one thing to the other. And, All right. Uh, yeah. Let's jump right you in. You know, um, it, it, if you if you if you dress for success. Yeah, I'm dressed for success on this podcast. I think we might have some some success on this podcast. So, um, look good, feel good, record good. Yeah, it's just it's just a matter of looking better than your audience. And um, I mean, I'm not saying I look better than you, but you know, <laughs> let's, let's not insult our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking to the listeners. I'm talking to you. You're the only person that can see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I am never dressed up for, for recording. I'm I wear the same hoodie every time. So no, that 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 uh home field hoodie that you got on is fly though. So um, yeah. anyhow, well yeah. So let's get into it. Let me let me give you my thoughts real quick on uh, the schedule and how it sets up. I I, I really I mentioned this. I think on the SEC episode, um, but I think we have one of the best schedule setups. Of the SEC, um, I'm big on the the uh, helmet schedules. Um, we used to do those all the time in the equipment room. We would do them for like every conference, and um, so of course I already have mine printed out, laminated on my desk. And <laughs> uh, I look at it often, probably more often than I should. But ours just seems to set up really nicely in comparison to you know some of the other teams. And I'm not really using this as a springboard to compare it to other teams, but just looking at, at kind of the ebb and flow uh, throughout the year, it gives us some some good opportunities to um, not take a break, but take take it a little bit easier. Um, 
and so there's there's not really a glaring spot on the schedule where we have two just power hitting games. Um, I think the closest closest you could probably get to that is Alabama and then Missouri right after. Um, if Missouri is as good as you think that they're going to be. Um, there's a trap game maybe in Mississippi State, which I will point out, if there's any team to have a trap game against, Mississippi State is probably the worst one to have a trap game against because they're the, just the type of team that they are. Um, if you're, if you have a trap game against, you know, a team that runs the I formation, then in my opinion, it's less of a trap game, but I could very well see us coming off of a really hard game against Arkansas going up against, um, a Mississippi state team that, that likes to spread the ball around, um, a Mike Leach coach team and us be looking forward to Alabama looming. Um, I could really see that happening. So that would be one I would really earmark as maybe the biggest, I hate to say biggest hurdle, but, but maybe my biggest worry about the schedule setup as a whole. Um, but past that, I mean, like I said, it ebbs and flows pretty good. It, it's, of course, we got our our, you know, hard hitters at the beginning. Uh, the first three games, just toughest games, and then um, Arkansas. I y'all know I'm big on Arkansas this year, uh, so I think that's going to be a tough game. Whether we win or lose, we're going to know that we we played an SEC game. Um, and for for a lot of our, especially our offensive production, um, maybe their first SEC game to really truly play and start. So that's a tough one to to come out against uh, Arkansas, but um, but yeah, I, I, I see by by SEC it is. standards. Yeah, it's 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 Arkansas, and then again Mississippi State. I could see as being a trap game. Then we got Alabama, and um, I think by the time we get to Alabama, you know, we're halfway through the schedule at that point. Uh, I, I hope to see that our team has started to develop a bit of an identity. Um, going in, into that Alabama game, five and zero, it's just going to give me going to give me flashbacks of a lot of Alabama games, um, and and that's good. Like you, you want to be in that position when you're playing Alabama that it be the game of the week, and not the the game of the week because Alabama's playing, but because Texas A and M is playing Alabama. Um, and it, it most definitely will be that this year. I, I have no doubt about that. Um, then you got Missouri, South Carolina, Auburn, Ole Miss. That's a good little stretch. You know, that's a six out of 10 each, each week, I would say. Um, so it'll be tough. I, I'm not. I'm not calling those teams six out of ten. I'm just saying, like in terms of the, I'm trying to say that it's a little bit more than average in terms of what we're going to get in the SEC um, for that stretch, just back to back to back to back. So, you know, that'll be a bit of a tough stretch. But then um, we get Prairie View to set us up against LSU. Um, and you got to think if we go if we go into LSU with one loss or with no losses, um, which would be really cool. I I would predict us to win that game. Um, if not, it's going to be a true rivalry game in the sense that it could be a toss up. You know. Yeah. Um, that being yeah, I'll, said, I'll, I'll go ahead and. and- and kind of give my thoughts on it, but I'm. It's definitely more forgiving than uh, if you look at some of our past schedules, like 2019, where we had, you know, Clemson and Georgia, uh, along with a pretty good Auburn team and Alabama, and the best LSU team, the best LSU team uh, in history. So it's it's definitely a lot easier than that. And you know, like I feel like every now and then we'll have one of those SEC schedules that it's like. Uh, you know, three straight road games or like, 
uh, a home game against, you know, Ole Miss and then road games at Alabama and, you know, some other tough team. But with right. this, like, it, it really does, it leaves you room for a lot of, uh, a lot of breathers and, like, you don't have to be, I don't know, I feel like you don't need your, your, your very, very best uh, in back-to-back weeks. But, yeah, you you don't have to be all gas. You can hit the brakes. Yeah, yeah. Some teams some teams don't agree with that, but I yeah, think uh, but they run out of gas. Yeah, and their brakes don't work. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kent State at Colorado, New Mexico, Arkansas, Mississippi State. I think like like it's it's those games that we're going to talk about today. But uh, if if this season is is to go the way that we all want it to go and expect it to go, it's got to be five and zero. You have to be five and zero going into Alabama and set up that that college game day matchup that everyone's going to be watching. It's it's going to be a night game at Kyle Field, which is rare for that matchup. Uh, it's almost always at two thirty, so um, it's it's going to be big time. So you have to get by these five uh, unscathed, and I think it's it's manageable and it's good for a young a young offense like we've talked about with you know some new alignment, new quarterback. And uh, some some inexperience at receiver, but after that, you know, Alabama is it, it's the game. Like you win that one, and you know, everything's on the table still. Um, but I do think that A and M is in a good spot. Like even if they lose, they they can still go eleven and one, and you know, maybe sneak their way in to the playoff mm-hmm. in that four spot. Um, we've seen Alabama do it in the past where they. They go eleven and one, but lose the West, and then uh, I think Auburn, Auburn. I think Auburn won the West that year, but lost to Georgia. So then Georgia and Bama got in. But um, in our case, you know, if, if our one loss is to Bama and they win the whole thing, then they can get in, obviously. And then I think we have a shot. Um, I, I think we do too. But but you always hear that rumored eye test, and how does the eye test play into it? Yeah. Um, I think we learned last year that the eye test plays into it more than maybe it should, but yeah. um, but you to that you can't you can't lose by twenty four this year. Yeah, to you that credit, that. that's what I was going to say. Like if you look at the years that Alabama got in after oh, having a one loss game and not going to the championship um, or the SEC championship, um, you you the game that they lost was down to the wire and. If we lose Alabama and it's down to the wire, I think we still have a really good shot at the playoff. Um, if we lose to Alabama in an embarrassing fashion again this year, uh, we're going to get left out. I think. Yeah. Um, even if we it, went it, out, it'd have to be a lot of a lot of chaos for us to get in. Like, like everybody else would have to have two losses or something crazy like that for for us to get right. in at that point. Like, just because of the perception. I think you're right on that. Um. But the thing is, if you if you beat Alabama, that gives you it, it pretty much gives you a two game lead. Like you could mm-hmm. you could go and slip up to you know Missouri on the road or LSU on the road, and as long as you know if you if you slip up against LSU, as long as they don't also only have one loss and it's not some kind of crazy tie, you still get in over Bama because you have that tiebreaker. So that's right. like it's it's the all important game. We've talked about it ad nauseum. We're gonna talk about it more next week when we get into to that part of the schedule. But um, after that, it is at it is at Missouri, uh, South Carolina at home, and and then a bye week. We get a breather, and then we host Auburn, go to Ole Miss, another breather with Prairie View, and then try to get our first win uh, at Tiger Stadium since we've been in the SEC. So um, yeah, it's it, it you, you couldn't really ask for much more than this with a an SEC schedule, um, you know, road trips to Ole Miss and LSU late in the season are going to loom large. But I mean, I think it's really going to come down to the to, to the to the Bama game, and we'll get into that. But uh, I think I think for now, let's let's uh, let's start with Kent State and spend like thirty seconds on them. Uh, I'm pumped for this just because it is the first game of the year. We'll actually get to see our guys, um, see our new quarterback. Um, and it's the red, white, and blue out. Uh, That's what I'm your, pumped for. That's that was going to be my one yeah, comment about this yeah. thing. It's going to be awesome. Like I'm, I'm fixing to go online and buy my blue T-shirt uh, right now, so we can we can be there and 
uh, and be a part of that. But I'm I'm super stoked about that part. Yeah, I, I uh, my birthday's on September seventh, so it never fails that the first Aggie game just happens to fall on the week of my birthday every year, and so it, it's kind of something that I I celebrate as like a quasi birthday present. Um, this year it's going to be even better because we're going to be going to Colorado. Um, oh yeah, and and so I get to kind of celebrate twice, I guess. Once at Kent State, wearing red, white, and blue, and you know, singing "God Bless the USA" by Lee Greenwood, and then the <laughs> next week be in the Colorado singing "Rocky Mountain High" That's by right. uh, John Denver. So, Ho- hopefully, not "Odeed in Denver" by Hank Williams. <laughs> I guess, I guess Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully we re- uh, we remember her name. Um, but uh, I, I do have an actual football note on Kent State. Um, if you look at their, uh, if you look at the numbers from last year and, and Kent State only played four games, but, uh, and they were three and one in that stretch. But if you look at their, at the numbers offensively from last season, they rank near the top. And, you know, that, like that, that caused me to go investigate, be like, you know, is this Kent State team any good? Like, like who are they scoring these points against? Well, they played probably the two absolute worst teams in college football in Bowling Green and Akron. And scored like, you know, in the sixties in both of those games. So, they, like they, they they still scored some points in their other games, but I think their their offensive statistics are definitely overvalued or I guess overstated. You know, when in, in relation to their their uh, competition. Um, the last thing I'll say on them is, uh, if you remember uh, Thanksgiving weekend last year, there was a running back at Buffalo who almost shattered the. Uh, uh, single game rushing yards record. I think he had like 400 yards and six touchdowns. It was all over ESPN. I, I, I'm sure you, like most people probably saw that in, in passing because it got replayed over and over throughout the day. But that was against Kent State. Like <laughs> He ran for 400 yards against this this Kent State defense. So um, I think it'll it's definitely going to be a game where you know, A&M's just going to overwhelm them with, with talent and uh, should be an easy win. But um, I think even even regardless of that, it'll be cool just to see just to see this version of the team for the first time, be a part of that red, white, and blue out, and uh, see the quarterback. I mean, I think we're all excited about that. Yeah, for sure. It'll be cool to be on my own desktop wallpaper, just as like one pixel. But I'll I'll be out there somewhere. (laughs) Um, Then at Colorado, um, we as you said a while ago, we're going to be going to that one. Um, I'm I'm still a little bit bummed that it's not at at the Colorado campus in Boulder. It's at Mile High, uh, where the Broncos play. But I mean that that allows for more AM fans to to pack that place and and show up for the for the for the team. But uh, yeah, I, I'm very bummed about that because that's a whole excitement about playing a non-conference game is that you get to go to one game a year. That and maybe it's not even a year; it's every other year. You get to yeah. go to one game that's outside of your regular programming, and um, you know, part of the move to the SEC that that I think we've all loved is that we get to go to these great, great college towns, and you know, we're not stuck going to the same towns that are two hours apart that we all drive through all the time, anyways. So, right, um, I, I think I think it. It's, it's kind of a bummer to not be able to see that town. It's more than kind of a bummer. It's a big bummer for me because that was one that I really wanted to see. And I may just make the trek over there just for fun anyways. Maybe they'll have like yell practice or something there. Um, <laughs> that would be kind of tight. That would be but, cool, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mile High, um, I do want to say one thing about Mile High Stadium um, that, you know, number one, if you if you're going to see the stadium, you're going to be kind of sad. <laughs> uh, I think they pack 60,000 in mile high stadium or something like that. Uh, don't, don't quote me, but I, we went on a tour there one time um, with my, my family um, and they, <laughs> 
they just getting used to Kyle Field and and the Taj Mahal that it is, and then going and seeing Mile High Stadium. It's it's less than impressive, <laughs> but um, but the biggest takeaway of Mile High Stadium that that I had from that tour uh, was the altitude sickness that players develop. Um, maybe it's not altitude sickness. It might be like a false nomenclature, but it like, you know how it is whenever you go up in the mountains and it gets harder to breathe because of the altitude. I don't know if that's called altitude sickness or if it's just lack of air. Um, but they, they said that, that injuries are a lot more common and, um, you know, that it, it has a negative effect on the teams that they play in the NFL uh, so a lot of NFL teams that when they're playing the Broncos, they'll go days days in advance to get the team acclimated to it. I doubt that we are going to go a week in advance um, and spend a week in Colorado so our players can acclimate to it for a college football game. So it's likely going to impact our players because a lot of them probably aren't used to any altitude. Um so it's something to think about. That's that's like one component of the game that you're never going to hear them talk about. But it's something that that I thought was really cool. Whenever I was touring Denver, I'm like, man, I, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And maybe they talk about it more up north. I don't know, but you know, um, they they claim that it, it's a pretty big issue for a lot of NFL teams. So yeah. Um, well, there's some guys I, that like. Uh, there was a player for the the Steelers a while back that had uh, sickle cell anemia. And like if they played in Denver, he couldn't play. Like he would just be, you know, in street court really? on the sideline because uh, he couldn't he couldn't play in that in that altitude. But um, you know, a strange thing about this game is, uh, and I think it's kind of it's kind of lost on you and me because of the age that we are. We weren't around for the uh, like the the formation of the Big Twelve and the early Big Twelve days. But this is one of our mm-hmm. former conference mates. Like we used to, you know, play Colorado with some regularity back in the Big Twelve and. Uh, like I couldn't, I couldn't name you a single time that we did, but I, I know we did because you know we yeah. we shared a, we shared a conference with them. But like, like no game sticks out, you know, looking back at uh, at Colorado. But um, as far as their team goes, uh, I'll, I'll say this: like when it comes to the way this A and M team is set up, I think the only teams that are going to be able to really challenge us or or beat A and M this year are going to have to have a really really good or like borderline elite uh, passing attack. And along with that, they, they probably also need to have a really elite uh, pass rush. Um, Colorado is the opposite of that. They, they have a, a pretty solid run defense with no real pass rushers to speak of. And their offense is, is really run oriented, which kind of plays into the strength of the AM defense, which is the run defense. So um, yeah. they do have a good running back who, uh, had a good year last year, um, even though I think Colorado only played like five or six games. But uh, Jarek Broussard is the running back. He's a preseason All-Pac-12 player, um, pretty nice back. And then on on defense, they had a uh, middle linebacker that's a first-team all, All-Pac-12 and uh, Nate Landman. So I, I'm, I'm sure that I, I'm sure those guys are good players, but it just doesn't really uh, like it doesn't expose you know any kind of weakness that. And it may have. Um, so I, I could see this game getting out of hand. Like I, I was going to talk about uh, about Katie Nixon from DeSoto, who was a four-star receiver a couple years ago that went to Colorado. But when we were getting on and looking at the roster, I saw that he transferred to USC this spring. So uh, they don't even have him anymore. They don't have uh, LaVisca Chenault, who you and I were both super high on. Uh, but they do have his brother. Uh, I think you, you read his name earlier. Yeah, Levante Chanel. He, Levante he's a, an, another DeSoto, Texas product. Yeah, um, it's Pipeline. Yeah. Pipeline to Boulder from DeSoto. Uh, that's that's my uh that's my area. <laughs> Red Oak Cliff. So, South Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um that they they've got two two good receivers though. Uh they they've got uh Levante Chenault, but What's the other guy's name? Dimitri Stanley. Mm. Uh, he's a good receiver too. So they, they've got those two uh, that I think that they will kind of pattern their offense around, at least their their passing attack. They, they just have a huge question mark at 
quarterback because they just don't, you know, their quarterback transferred. And so um, they've got JT Shrout from Tennessee. Um, and then they've got another guy, I think a true freshman, um, that that they expect to start. Um, yeah. So that's a that's a you can't ever go into that saying that they're going to be bad because they have a true freshman starting. Otherwise, we're going to be bad too, you know. Um, or I guess we'll have a red shirt, but still, you you never know. It could be one or the other, but. But their offense is very heavy, heavy on the run, like you you mentioned, and it it does it plays right into our strength, which is run defense. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch. But not only that, they've been riddled with injuries in their run run in their running backs room, really, because they have a lot of really really good talent that um, has has had problems uh broussard their their main guy he's been injured twice um then what's the other guy's name uh, ashad clayton mm. he was out last year uh yeah. both of them are are good good running backs um but both of them are question marks because they haven't played in over a season yeah, uh, I think Broussard might have gone down for two seasons. I don't know. the The thing about it is, they have it's kind of like a it's kind of like a Baylor Cup situation for us. You know, like we right. think that he's going to come out and be the talent that he once was, maybe even more so. But you don't really know because he's missed two seasons due to injury. Um, so that's the situation they're in with their main running back and their second running back. Yeah. And that's that's the high point of their offense. So um, I definitely wouldn't want to be in their position going into the year. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's interesting about uh, you, you brought up JT Shrout, and uh, if that sounds familiar to AM fans, he actually he played against AM while he was at Tennessee last year. Uh, he didn't play particularly well. He had a touchdown and had an interception. Um, I think he he was rotating out with some of their other quarterbacks. I think I think Tennessee had a pretty uh, Rough go at it at quarterback last year. They, they they couldn't really find a guy to stick with, and uh, he played part of the game. And I think they had some other guys playing against AM, but um, I didn't even realize that he was there until like minutes before we hit record on this episode. <laughs> like I, I remember seeing a few weeks ago that uh, the guy that started for Colorado last year uh, transferred a few weeks back. So I was going to look on on here real quick to see who you know was supposed to be the starter and saw that the JT Shroud transfer there. So that's an interesting connection, but. Um, if it feels like a game that uh, AM should win, uh, I, I guess I guess fairly fairly heavily. Um, I do think that Colorado is it's not a pushover team. Like they they do have a pulse. It's not like a Kansas State or New Mexico who are you know the games before and after this Colorado game. But uh, it should be a game for you know Haynes King or Zach Calzada to you know get some really good reps against a a respectable squad and uh hopefully yeah. you know just just get get some some time with the offense and uh get into a groove and get some experience that's what that's that's really what like these, these first five games are all about is is uh you know staying sharp on defense and uh allowing our quarterback and offensive line to really round into form yeah and playing against those talented players i know you you always hear them say you know, you're going up against some of the best every day in practice, so that's great. Uh, but they're also – you kind of learn from those people and you learn stuff about them. Um, you know, you can kind of expect it. And so it kind of gets a little bit monotonous. Um, so it's good to be on your toes and not know – what exactly their scheme looks like, what exactly they're going to be doing, how they're going to be coming at you. And, and that reactionary part of it um, is a little bit better in live game rep, reps, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a fun game regardless. Um, it, it's going to be, well, it'll be the 20th anniversary of, of September 11th, which that's, that's terrible, but um, It'll be it'll be cool to be in the mountains and uh, or be near the mountains because Denver isn't really the mountains, um, 
it would be cool to see them in the background. Yeah. Um, it'll uh, it'll be it'll be a fun game. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, but I, I don't. We'll, it'll be a fun trip too. Like there's a, there's a good crew of us going up there, and uh, I know yeah. we're looking forward to that. So it'll definitely be a fun weekend. Yeah, come find us at the Ineligibles tailgate. <laughs> we'll have like four Dr. Peppers and and maybe like a half empty four loco or something. I don't know. Yeah, twelve pack um, of busies. Yeah, maybe so. At least I'll have uh, a 12-pack of busies. Not, not really the tailgate to be at, probably. But hey, if you're a fan, come on and uh, come on out. <laughs> or hey, how about this? If, if, and and bring us food and stuff. If you're going to the game and you're tailgating, give us a shout. We'll show up. We'll we'll bring we'll bring drinks. We'll bring food. You know, just just send us your itinerary, and and we will be there. Yeah, honestly, that's that's a, a great idea. If any of you <laughs> would love to meet us in person, we would also love to meet you in person. So, um, yeah, just just add us on Twitter or something and, and be like, hey, here's what's going on. I get this setup going. And, you know, hey, if, you're, if your tailgate's also one of those that's going to have like four Dr. Peppers and a half drink, four loco, maybe a 12-pack <laughs> of Vizzies, then – then I don't blame you. I mean, that's kind of how we operate too. So like we, we don't really come prepared a lot of times. So, uh, yeah, no, Colorado is going to be a fun trip. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Um, send us an email I, or, or drop us a pin. Either one. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> that, I don't know. I don't know if email is like the, the way to like connect with our generation, you, you know, like, Hey, shoot me an email and I'll find you in the parking lot to hang out <laughs> before the game. Like I think, I think at, Twitter at, or at Instagram Twitter. or something like that would probably be better. <laughs> at an eligible pod on both of those platforms. I will say we have a very like high lack of um, spam emails, which is cool because I have like twelve thousand unread spam emails on my uh, my personal account and. I don't even check it because of that, but um, yeah. So sorry for going on a tangent. Um, it'll be a fun game. I, I do think they'll be relatively competitive, and I I think you know we'll get some good reps in for our team. But I don't expect this to be a potential upset at all. Yeah. Um, it'll be some struggles that our team has to they have to learn how to travel and stuff like that for some of those guys, and and this will be it'll be a good one for that. Yeah. Um, as for a team let's move on to the yeah let's move to the next state south um new mexico yeah the lobos yeah yeah a&m's gonna win that game by a lot um don't yeah. have much to add on top of that uh, if we don't then we're gonna just change this podcast to a longhorns podcast yeah or just a meat smoking podcast we'll just talk about yeah we've talked about meat, sm- meat smoking yeah. And Meat Church Barbecue Supply in Waxahachie, <laughs> Texas. Non-spawn, by the way, but great people. Yeah. Check them out. Um, but after that, that's the first three. And then the team that always gives us trouble, uh, the Southwest Classic in Arlington, Texas, for I think just the next two years, then it goes back to campus. Arkansas, the Hogs. Um, Chase and I are both high on this team. And especially against A&M because I think aside from the two years with Johnny, there's these games have always been close. Like I think the, the Trevor mm-hmm. Knight team in 16 blew them out. But aside from that, it's always like a one score game. Uh, some of the Jimbo Jimbo games have been better. Hadn't they? I feel like, I feel I like last, last year, two years or so it's been, been decent. Um, when I we didn't play year, in Jerry world. Yeah. Last yeah, we, year. It was yeah, we got to good. play at Cal Field last year, but um, yeah, I, I hope I hope that that trend continues of uh, of them of it not being a close game. I'd love to go in there and just uh, blow them out, but um, especially in Jerry World, you, I feel like that, that it's just like a a bad a bad vibe for us. For some reason, we don't like to play very well up there. But Jerry World kind of sucks, anyways, in my yeah. opinion. I, I'm ready for the for that to be on campus again. I think mm-hmm. I think we're almost done with this contract, but um, Arkansas. I mean, they bring back almost everyone from last year. They lost uh, one good defensive lineman who went to the NFL. Uh, they did lose uh, Raheem Boyd at running back, um, but they do bring back Trelon Smith, 
who's a good back. Um, they lost. I thought I thought one of the weirdest transfers of the offseason was uh, one of their receivers, uh, Mike Woods, who's been there for forever, uh, went through all of spring with Arkansas and then transferred to Oklahoma like as soon as spring ball ended. But um, to each their own, I, th- I think he was a good player, and I think that's a, um, a loss for them. But they still have Traylon Burks, who's an absolute stud receiver. Uh, thankfully, he'll be – uh, they'll be gone after the season to the NFL. Um, but he's going to be a challenge for the secondary. Uh, so looking forward to that. And then uh, KJ Jefferson, I, th- I think he only started one or two games last year uh, when Felipe Franks got hurt. But um, I thought he, he looked pretty good. He's a big dude. He's like 6'3", 245. Uh, so very, he's a very stout kid, very mobile, uh, pretty good arm. So um it's going to be a test for this for this AM defense for sure. Yeah, I, even if I'm dead wrong about Arkansas being good this year, this is still going to be a hard game for us. It, like you alluded to, it's all, it always is a, a close matchup, and I'm not only saying it because of that. It's it's also just um, I don't know. There, there's just something about that game that's that's cool. I, it, it's it's almost it really is a bit of a rivalry game and I know I'm using that term loosely, but uh, it just has kind of been a natural rivalry game. I feel like yeah. uh, that just kind of developed the way that they probably did once upon a time um, back before any of us were born, you know, <laughs> in 1920, whenever Ohio state's playing Michigan, you know, that, and it probably just naturally developed. So I, I think, uh, I think there, there's a lot about their team that that um, can hit us in places that would be um, some of our weak spots. Maybe I'd say weak spots because, like, we're talking. I, I think they'll have a pretty good wide receiver room, and you know, we talked about how our DBs might be the biggest question mark on defense, and they're still some of the best DB, DBs we've had in AM's history. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I, I think it'll be a tough game. I think it'll be a good matchup, and I do. I think we're going to walk away hurting from that one. Uh, hopefully, not actually hurt, but it's just it's going to be like the thing I said once before. Of they may not win the fight, but we're going to know that we were in a fight. Yeah, uh, because sure. when we wake up tomorrow morning, we're going to be bruised up and and it's going to be hard to get out of bed and stuff. Yeah. Um, that's why, that's why I think that, that Mississippi state could be a, uh, a trap game. Cause we might have some of our main players in a boot for three days and, and they don't really, you know, go to Tuesday and Wednesday practice that are, that's full pads. They might be in a green Jersey or whatever and, and be minimal contact so that they don't get hurt in practice and and not get the full reps because even if you're out there it you don't really get the full if you're not running it full on i don't feel like so um i I could see uh, that being a problem for us yeah i'd like to give some credit to arkansas like especially like to their to their coordinators i bet they have i think i would rank their coordinators as one of the as one of the better tandems in the sec with uh kendall Bryles on offense and and barry odom on defense um, I thought I thought the offense gave us some, some trouble last year. Uh, mm-hmm. They did a lot of you know, like a, it, was, it was a lot of RPO, a lot of up tempo, and it caught us off guard a lot last year. Uh, thankfully, we you know, dot up some pressure and got some sacks and uh, forced a couple of, of missed field goals. But um, it's 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 a dangerous team. Um, they're going to be tested coming in because they play they play Texas two weeks prior, so. Um, yeah, and then on defense, you know, like I, I thought, I thought that the media got a bit ahead of themselves last year after uh, after Arkansas played Ole Miss and uh, they forced Matt Corral into like six interceptions, and everyone got on the internet and they were like, Arkansas's got the second best defense in the SEC, blah blah blah, and you know was giving A and M no credit, and then you know the next week we kind of we, we kind of took it to Arkansas and. Uh, they didn't really have an answer for our offense, and then 
uh, our defense ended up shutting them down for portions of that game. So uh, I, I had forgotten all about that. <laughs> but dude, it was so right. weird. It there was, was so like weird. a walk. There was like a walk on safety or something that that was starting for them. That had three or four of those interceptions. Yeah, and they were talking about like he was the next Heisman Trophy winner. And oh yeah, <laughs> just because no, he, he, like he's, he's back. But if you so. watched it, like some of them just kind of like <laughs> fell into his hand. Yeah, he was like a Twitter phenom for like four days. Yeah, and then we we scored forty two. Uh, Kellen had a great game against them. As did Weidermeyer, uh, J- Jalen Weidermeyer. As did Spiller, and I think A Chain got his first touchdown in that game. So, um, oh yeah, I think that was that game. Yeah, um, I remember but yeah, that. So, um, it's it's definitely our our biggest challenge of the first four, I would say. Um, and then Mississippi State. After that, I'm I am thankful that that Mississippi State game is at home and not in Starkville with the Cowbells. I hate those stupid Cowbells. <laughs> say what you will about them, but that that's the the most distracting stadium. Uh, it, you could you could make the argument it's the loudest because of those cowbells, yeah. um, but they just ring in your ear and it's just it's just obnoxious. Like I, I I don't know. I mean I I I love college football traditions, so I gotta love that from that regard. But God, that's got to be the worst tradition in college football. Like it, it's so miserable. I can't wait for the the Sooners and Longhorns to go over there and experience that for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's (laughs) just wait on it. Just wait. It's, it's miserable. Yeah. You know, in our, in our SEC West preview, I picked Mississippi state seventh and I wish I could go back and, and uh, take that back (laughs) because I think, I think I would put, I would put Auburn behind them and bump them up to six, maybe even fifth. Um, I really dogged on Mississippi State in our SEC West preview, but yeah, I went back and watched the games from the end, like the end of the season after they had switched quarterbacks uh, to uh, Will Rogers, and um, they played pretty well. Um, I thought after we played them, and like they they weren't really competitive hardly at all against us. Like they they couldn't move the ball at all on offense. Uh, KJ Costello had a terrible game, but after that they. They benched Costello in favor of Rodgers, and they kind of picked it up after that. They they played Georgia really tight. Uh, they beat Mizzou like thirty-seven to twelve uh, to end the season. And um, yeah, I think I may be underestimating them a little bit because I think Leach needed some time to kind of get his guys, you know, and kind of get his his culture and his system in place. So um, I could I could look really wrong putting them seventh. I mean, I put them seventh too, so I'd be wrong with you. So at least we could <laughs> drown in that boat together. Um, I I am not doubting Leach's, Leach's ability. Um, I'm not putting the team down at all. I don't think this is their year, and I could be way wrong myself. Um, I think next next year, I expect that I'll probably have them like fourth in the in the west i I think i'll have them a lot further up uh because of leach i just think that they they still have a lot of a lot to figure out um and some of that you just can't figure out until your mid-season you know like you were saying maybe that switch to will rogers will be good i mean yeah or will be long-term good um obviously if it was if it was good for them at the end of the season then you got to think that it's it's going to be good even better for them at the beginning of this season but there's probably going to be some tweaks that maybe they didn't see, you know, at the end of last season that that they're going to have to wait until mid mid season form to to really see them jump out at them. So yeah. I, I think it'll be a I, I put them seventh, but I that was with a minimal degree of confidence because they're just going to be a wild card. Yeah. Uh, but the bottom th- the three that I put at the bottom were all three wild cards, mainly being the Mississippi teams. Mississippi and, and Ole Miss are both going to be super wild cards, like the true yeah. definition of it. Auburn's going to be a wild card just in the idea that I have absolutely no idea what to expect from them. So yeah, um, well, that, like it's crazy. Like, like with the SEC West, like someone has to be seventh. Like even mm-hmm. even if all seven of these teams are good, like all these coaches are well paid, and all these teams have talent, but. Someone's got to be last, and uh, 
you know, if yeah. it's Auburn or Mississippi State, hell, if it's if it's you know LSU or, <laughs> or Ole Miss, you know, or uh, Texas A and M, Texas A and M, you never know. Uh, couldn't be us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, hey, look at it. It hadn't been us yet. Like so far, we have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we've 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 avoided that distinguishment. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, say what you will about A&M and mediocre seasons, but we've never been last in the SEC West. That's right. So take that one. Um, I do want to give some love to their uh, receivers. Um, they did lose uh, Osiris Mitchell, but they bring back uh, Malik Heath and Javante Payton. And I think they're, they're, they're number one guy going forward. And a guy that, that flashed in, in those last two games of their season was uh, his name is Jaden Wally. Um, he, he, he wears a weird number for a receiver. He's like number 31 or something, but he, he's, he's a really good player. And I think he's, he's, he's going to thrive under, under Leach this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're a receiver or a quarterback, yeah, you Leach would be one of the guys that you would be looking at all the time. He, he I just look at what he did at Wazoo. Like they had some, some stellar teams there in in his time and just some really good pairings between like the quarterback, the running backs. Um, he's always been able to kind of incorporate a running back in, in his better than some of the other coaches. And, and so he, he I still think that Leach, Leach, why do I keep calling him Leach? I still think Leach is going to um, win some games yeah. every year. I think he's going to win some games this year. I hope that one of those games isn't against us. Not saying that I predict them to beat us, but I'm circling that one as a trap game, um, like I've alluded to before. If you want me to pick the number one team outside of Alabama that I think we potentially lose to, it's Arkansas. The number two team would be LSU. Number three team would be Mississippi State. Um, Arkansas and LSU would be based on their talent. Mississippi State, not saying that they're not talented because it would still be based on their talent too, but um, it would be because Alabama's looming. We're coming off of a hard-fought Arkansas game and all of that. So I think what I'm trying to say is if we get to if we get to the Alabama game and we're five and zero and we beat both of those teams handedly, I'm getting just absolutely hype. Yeah. About let's not kid ourselves. I'm going to be so hyped for Alabama. Anyways, I'm going to be listening to the Nobleman of Kyle every day for a week. Oh yeah. Leading up to it, just on repeat. These Um, these podcasts. If we're five and zero going into that game, this podcast is going to be wild. Like we're just going to be like just amped up to a whole different level. Right. And we're not going to be playing when Johnny comes marching home. We're going to be playing the Nobleman of Kyle. Like it's not like a you know, TV timeout type hype. It's going to be like a DJ Aggieland type hype, you know? <laughs> um, it's going to, it's going to be, we might, we might be going like, you know, humble by Kendrick Lamar, you know, like that kind of hype, you know? Yeah. Like, like but, Aggie FB life hype. Oh, Aggie FB life hype. That's, yeah. that's what it'll be. They still have uh, a, like all gas, no brakes hype. Yeah. Yeah, probably uh, with all the DJ Double R songs <laughs> on it. Uh, uh, well, I think that's it for uh, these first five games in the schedule breakdown. Have you got anything else? Not really. All right. Well, short, sweet, to the point. That's it. Hey, we're, we're under an hour, so I think that's great. Um, I feel like it's been it's been tough on us to like. We, there's been so much information to that we wanted to to inform you guys with and uh, get you guys up to date, you know, if you're not uh, super plugged into this AM team, but um, it's, it's go time. Now we're going to start rolling right along. Um, we're doing questions on Friday. So start sending those in uh, on our Twitters, our Instagrams, our Facebooks uh, at ineligible pod, or you can just text us. Um, we are going to do the question thing on Instagram again. And this time we're going to write them down. Uh, because we forgot to do that last time and they disappeared. Um, but yeah, then next week we're doing uh, Alabama, Mizzou, and South Carolina, that portion of the schedule. So, uh, Oh, hey, that just reminded me of something. 
that Sutton and I talked about doing for the last yeah. Q&A episode and we didn't do it. Uh-huh. If you feel so inclined, call one of us, leave us a voicemail if you have our phone numbers. If you don't, then just record your own voicemail and send it to us. Um, call one of us and leave us a voicemail and we'll figure out a way to play it. I say figure out a way to play it because I don't know that either of us knows how to do that, but we'll figure out a way to yeah. put it in the in the deal to where um, we can have a mail like a, a voicemail question on a Q and A episode, and you yeah. can hear your own voice on a podcast playing on Spotify <laughs> with dozens of listeners. Um, There's tens of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you call and leave me a voicemail, uh, please wait a little bit. You can't. After, after you cannot leave. My, my, my inbox is full. <laughs> it's been full for years, so uh, yeah. I'll, I'll try to clear it out tonight. And, <laughs> and let you, you guys cannot leave Will an inbox. So don't even listen to him say hi. This is Will Stone. Yeah, don't even listen to the rest of it. Whenever you hear him is like road noise pick up on his, just hang up because <laughs> that mailbox has been full for a decade. Yeah, at least, uh, but. Q and A on Friday, and it, and it goes it goes on do not disturb at like nine p.m. too. So <laughs> you better text him if you're gonna call hey, it's him on after it, nine. It's on it right now. So Q and A on Friday. We will talk to you then. Hasta la vista, Chenault. <laughs> <laughs>